Fiddler. Puts on the step, goes right through, puts on the step again. Oh, go pretty. That was magnificent stuff. Well, I shall not believe them. Marshall skips away, Marshall skips away. Marshall's still going. Mullins opens up again. Oh, look at him go. He beats O'Davis on the outside. Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of The Voluntary Tackle, the only NRL podcast which provides paternity leave for their hosts. You found me, Big T, the rugby league podcast version of a substitute teacher about to mark the role. On today's show, we're discussing origin decisions, high shots, what on earth is happening with the Raiders. But first, here with me, and I say this with humble irony that it deserves in the Sports Best Friends studio tonight, is the best looking Dragons fan this side of Matt. Cooper's biceps, Giannis underscore Mateus. How are you, sir? I'm well, biggest. How are you, mate? Feeling great because I'm just about to also yeah. announce um, the beauty that balances the brains. Sorry, mate, I was just about to say I have to change my, uh, my, my actual Twiddle handle. It's, it's actually not very flattering to you at the present moment. <laughs> I haven't seen it. We'll have to have a look. And balancing the beauty right. and the brains out with a ratio on this panel is Manly's deepest thinker, this son of Christy Fulton's clipboard. Medium Watch Mario, welcome Media. Welcome indeed, great to be with you guys. And uh, you've really been the, the, the driving force to make this podcast episode happen and I appreciate that uh, Media Watch, thank you for that. Yes, well Paul Zander pulled out at very late notice and from, from the bench, which is about the quality of most Dragon players, let's be real, um, Giannis <laughs> stepped up in very short notice and very grateful. Uh, it's, the court case is concluded, so I can continue. Yeah. Uh, now, Mario, tell me about your family. How is your family? They're okay? Yep, everything is good, apart from my mum putting star pickets through water lines twice in a week, which has been fun for me. Oh, um, I unfortunately haven't been anywhere near as uh, country-driven as that, so I've got no idea what you're talking about, except for I think it has to do with water. How's your marathon stuff going? Uh, that's this Sunday I'm doing my marathon, so that's all pretty exciting. I'm in the taper mode, which means that I'm doing just a few short runs this week just to try and keep the legs ready to go but rest them up at the same time. Chasing your mum away from tippet flags or whatever that was. Now, also, where were you for your Manly game? Uh, I was sadly in front of my TV watching Channel 9 with my son bouncing around half watching beside me. Okay. And Giannis, uh, how's your family, sir? Everyone good there? Mate, all very good. Um, I, 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 I have been carrying on my marathon training, which is uh, trying to <laughs> not be, not be uh, perma-banned from Twitter uh, and succeeding so far, uh, even though I'm losing every fucking AVI bet known to mankind at the moment. Yeah, and look, running with a title, biggest T can be the biggest C. It's probably not also going to help you with your... Uh, <laughs> With your suspensions, but I'm sure I'm sure you'll skate through. And uh, where were you for the Dragons game? Uh, mate, I was also at home uh, watching it. Uh, not too surprised, to be perfectly honest. For some unknown reason, you've had the wood on us for a while, and I'm so glad that we let Leciano Lelua go. It, it's almost like someone uh, insulted his mother as he walked out because he plays a blinder every single time again. Yeah, well, I guess at least one Lelua did. I, I honestly, I was also at home watching it in front of. Um, KO that was working for me all weekend. Um, and I, I really felt like that wasn't going to end well for me. I don't know if it was the ridiculous 
nature Giannis that I have with the Tigers, or if it's um, or, or what it was. But I thought I thought the Dragons played a lot better, particularly defensively, than than everyone on NRL Twitter was giving them. Yeah, look, you've got to remember, of course, we um, don't have that thing called uh, um, sort of some rational approach to things, uh, and uh, you know we blow up at the slightest things. Remember, we've got ten players out at the moment, so. Mm. Um, you know, I've, I've always said we're a good um, bottom eight team. Um, <laughs> I think we've been cruel with, we've just been um, being cruel with injuries. Having said that, I think uh, Dane Laurie proves that uh, there are bargains to have out there. What a player! Uh, and and I'm really impressed with the way that uh, you guys actually were up for the fight. So um, you know, we made an offer even look good. So. Um, but you know, biggest, I think I'm 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 zero and three in the AV bets with you. Um, but as I said, if I'm going to lose, I want to lose to a champion. So, I mean, um, so I'm glad brave. we kept everything. You are so brave to keep <laughs> doing these bets for people. It hasn't exactly gone well for you on Twitter in the past. Well, it's not going to go in, in the summer either, Mario, um, because uh, we we have a bet as well. Uh, look, essentially, I'm a degenerate gambler uh, <laughs> that, uh, that 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 insists on it. So. Between you, Levius, and uh, all three of you, I think I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in massive trouble. And also, Luke Brooks Island is one of the least favourable uh, islands, even in the West Tigers community. So the fact that you found yourself there. Uh, and if you have no idea what we're talking about, uh, TVT listeners, I strongly encourage you to get on social media, and particularly Twitter, regularly Twitter, because it is a fantastic place. You just need to follow the right people. Now... I want to talk about origin selections, particularly I'm going to start with New South Wales as they are the, uh, the, the loved team of the podcast. Just quickly, Mario, which manly players have you guys uh, got in this year? Um, well, Daly, of course, is captain of the Queenslanders. And we have the Turbos. Well, two of the Turbos yeah. for New South Wales, which is at least one too many Turbos. Well, you're... you're well... You're a bit off Jake. Is that where you're going with that? I don't mind Jake when Tommy's there at fullback, but Jake hasn't offered much for the last two years when Tommy hasn't been at fullback. Tommy won't be at fullback. And putting him at prop, mm. he, he does it. he's not a guy who makes metres. He's a guy who approaches the line and then puts a, a somewhat useful pass to continue the movement. Maybe two or three times a game, he'll take... The, actually go into the line. He doesn't drive. He doesn't break, you know, have any post-contact meters or anything like that. I don't really understand what Fitler thinks Jake Turbo is adding at prop, except for the ability to make a lot of tackles and to make them all day. He'll lock down that mm. part of his game very well, but I don't really see him adding a lot in attack unless Teddy is going to be in those positions where uh, Tommy usually is. Giannis, you've got Tarek Sims in there. Am I missing another Dragons player? Uh, no, that's it. Um, it's a very Dragons thing to have one player for, for Origin 1. Um, but I, uh, I don't understand it. I, he hasn't had the form that I think he does. In fact, I'd, I'd going back to... i put Lachelle Lua in there instead. I'd, I'd try someone different. I would too. Uh, personally, I don't think he deserves it. Um, but but back to... Back to, to the, t- the turbos. Um, well, I got to admit, I'm really surprised that uh, Tommy's there as well. I, I just would have thought there would there are better options um, uh, out there. I think he's playing insane. Don't get me wrong, um, but you know we've got a few good centres in the in the in the squad. So 
Um, let me run club. through the rest of the let me run through the rest of the team then, and then I'd love to hear Giannis who you think you're going to put in at centre in there, and and also um, Mario who you're going to put in as prop. So fullbacks James Tedesco, Brian Toto, and Josh Adokar the wingers, Latrell Mitchell and Tom Trevojevic to the centres, Jerome Lulawai and Nathan Cleary both end up as the halves, Daniel Sofidi and Jake Trevojevic are the props. They've got Damian Cook in between them. The second row are Cameron Murray and Tarek Sims. And the lock is Isaiah Yeo. On the bench, they've got Jack White and Junior Paulo, Payne Haas and Liam Martin. And then the two extra, uh, Api Corosau and Campbell Graham. Now, Campbell Graham's probably the only one that I was just like, wow, look at him. Good for him. Because, um, I, I mean, he's obviously the, if something goes wrong, somewhere in the back line during the lead up, he jumps in. Um but other than that, I was pretty happy with everything else. But Giannis, tell me, tell me where your centre's going to go. You're taking time out. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think Crichton. Um, he's, he's just he's just playing so well. Um, look, this is not a knock on on Tommy. Tommy's the the, the second best uh, fullback, probably the best fullback actually in the game. Um, uh, you know, there's no criticism of him. I'm just a big believer that you play players where in, in origin where they're selected rather than trying to, you know, put King, you know, Guffo, Guffo, for instance, in in centre or something along those lines. So, yeah, Crichton would be my, my shot. Okay. And, and Murray, what are you doing for a different prop instead of Jake? Well, I mean, I would be straight up putting um, Paulo and Haas would be my starting props. I'm okay with mm. Jake coming off the bench if you think he's going to be useful that way. Uh, if you have to have Cam Murray and Isaiah Yo, even... You know, get rid of Tarek Sims is the very first thing I do. Pangai Jr. is the form back rower in the comp, basically. He should have been a starting second row for us. And then I, if I have to have Yo and Murray in the team, I'm putting Murray at lock and Yo as the back rower. Um, ultimately, I think they'll play a bit of a... They'll both move around a little bit. I don't think that one matters so much. I don't think Saifidi's form has been good enough to justify being starting prop. I definitely, I definitely take your point about Isaiah Young, Cameron Murray. If there's one thing that Rabbitohs fans have made very clear over the last year and a bit is that Cameron Murray is at his best when he's he's in the middle of the field uh, and not running on an edge. But I also, I also agree with you that they probably all swing around a bit, particularly with those big boys coming off the bench. Might move Jake instead of him getting time off. Jake might move to the second row and they and they give Cameron Murray time off, and and that whole thing might swing and change quite a lot. I know that dishwasher in the middle of the field when you're defending doesn't make too much of a difference, but I just hope that, I mean, Jake doesn't run many lines. He's either running as hard as he can or, or, or he's doing those second phase plays. As he said, Cameron Murray and Isaiah can both run lines. Uh, and Tarek Sims is, I mean, just, I don't know much actually about his ball running other than he, he's great at charge downs and he's great. He's a very aggressive defender. Is he great running those lines close to the line there, Giannis? Uh- uh, unfortunately, um, he may be. He, unfortunately, he's playing outside of Corey Norman, so fuck <laughs> no, um, is the short answer. Right. Um, no, look, look, to be, that's if he's on the left. Look, um, he can be. Uh, I, I, look, he's, he's a good, hard player. I just think that his time's done. Uh, and I'd want to see someone uh, young, younger and, and sort of new come on, but maybe that's just me. Um, yeah. Um, he's not... He's not no Frizzell, and I suspect I suspect had Frizzell not been injured, um, you know, maybe that would have been the the, the change. But um, even though Frizzell, what about you, Biggis? Is, is, 
Frizzell just got schooled well, by, of all people, Sean Kepi on the weekend, who had an absolute <laughs> shocker for many reasons. But when he had the ball or when Frizzell had the ball, Frizzell was getting smacked all over the place by every Manly player. About the only decent things Manly players did all night. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I can say that now, um, but I, I, I won't hear a bad thing about Frizzell. Uh, he he single-handedly <laughs> kept our club uh, sort of competitive for fuck knows long, so... Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I'm with you. What about you, Biggest? Your views on on New South Origins? Well, first of all, I I just want to take a bite out of Tyson for those legs. So thanks for bringing them up. Um, <laughs> look, I I'm really excited about the back line. I love that Freddie keeps saying that he is a form guy, and Brian Toto is testament to that because there is no way anyone used his name last year. Maybe debuted last year or the year before, and. Now he's, he's the, the form um, winger and, and he's put him in. So I appreciate, uh, you know, that, that kind of courage that Freddie's done there. Putting Latrell Mitchell, Tom Trevojevic, Josh Adekar and James Tedesco all together is just, I literally am salivating. So that's, that's going to be great. How, you know, I really hope Jerome, Jerome Lulawai gets that opportunity that he gets some fast ball from, from Damien Cook because there's so much speed on, on this back line from Cook all the way down to Tedesco. So... If they can get some fast movement from those forwards, that's going to be fantastic. Happy Corso, I'm glad he's also made that that group because he's earned it. I really, I, I now that Mario's pointed out Paulo and Haas on the bench, I probably would have put them in, there instead of Travojevic and Saifidi. Um, that now seems glaringly obvious now that he's pointed it out. But uh, maybe Haas, maybe maybe Freddie's also thinking a little bit about last year because Paulo disappeared a bit in Game Three. Haas was never amazing he was just kind of good enough I think for all three games from my dusty memory so um I don't know if it's a mix of how they're going now and how they went last time but I, I wouldn't have changed too much of this team other than maybe moving the bench around which I guess you can do at any stage I'm pretty happy with how everyone's what lined about up. Jack White though I mean the absolute player who should have been there is Adam Dewey he's the guy who should have been our number 14 there is no one else who should have been ahead of him and if it's not him I'm okay with Cody Walker or someone. I can't. I don't know if he's suspended or injured or something. But Jack White is just about the worst form player in the game at the moment, in the worst form team. But he's, in my opinion, a fair chunk of the reason for why that team sucks. But we'll get to that later. But since we're talking, about <laughs> Jack White should not be playing Origin. He was atrocious last year. He was the worst player over the three games last year, and now he's the worst player in the comp just about. And yet he's making the top four. To, Making the top seventeen, you say Freddie calls himself a uh, you know guy who selects on form. That's a complete lie when he's picking Jack Whiten. <laughs> no, I think Jack Whiten is unfairly maligned by NRL Twitter. I think he's way he's he's held up way too high um, by particularly Brandy and some other commentators. But I think he's really given a hard time on NRL Twitter. I think he's working extremely hard on the team that, that isn't working. Uh, he kicks a ball out in a full a lot, which is which is you know a real problem in his game. But his work in and around the balls second to none. He's he's he plays both sides of the field as a half. Um, he's an extremely physical defender as a half. Um, I love him on the bench because uh, Dwayne I don't think yet has shown his intensity in defence. Uh, he probably has that aptitude, but most of what we think about with him is he he doesn't let tackles through and he's great in and around the ball. Whereas Jack Whiten puts big shots on and is, an, is a great play in and around the ball. I have to argue. I'm hoping that outside of Canberra, 
I'm sorry, That's I have right. to argue. Jack Whiten, I'm, I'm reasonably certain, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I'm pretty sure he holds the record for most missed tackles in an Origin series last year. <laughs> yeah, but he's playing in the centres, out of position at the end of a, a terrible year. I'm, I'm not judging him just on that uh, on that. A positional play and, and his thing. Also, he got towed by, was it Capewell? Was he playing up against Capewell? No, that was, was that Gutherson? That was Gutho. Yeah, I mean, both those centers had an absolute shocker that year, uh, that particularly game three. And, you know, Gutho didn't get another crack by looks of things. And I think Gutho is in great form as well. So, uh, anyway, I get Jack White. I completely understand why he's there. Uh, let's move on to the Maroons. There were no Tigers in that thing and I, I appreciate that you, you put up Adam Dwayne but we really need him so please don't take him uh, you've got any manly players in this one Mario this cherry yeah and he's captain he's captain coach and any St George Illawarra players in this uh, one none but I'm, I'm absolutely heartbroken that Corey Norman didn't get uh, call up <laughs> because that would have been one less game he played for us yeah. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, none, none at all. Uh, I, to be honest, Hunt, even though he's playing well, come on, you know, he's not, he, he, he doesn't have the form that, that realistically um, merit selection. Um, but I'll still fight anyone who suggested he's not a good player for us. Yeah, and I'm happy to die on that hill as well. I think um, Ben Hunt's great. And I wouldn't have been surprised at all to see him in here instead of... A- AJ Brimson, AJ maybe at 18, 19 or 20, um, waiting for Ponga to get... A possible injury and having Ben Hunt on the bench. He's just been, ever since they did that in One Origin, it, it really showed how great and versatile he was in, in so many different and challenging positions. And I mean this with absolutely all the respect Andrew Johns deserves, but it, it was almost like an Andrew Johnsy Craig Wing kind of half that now can turn up anywhere in an Origin game and, and have a good impact um, kind of player. And I think that really helped his, probably didn't help his career, but it really helped a lot of pun, pundits forget the 2015 grand final and kind of start to see Ben Hunt in a better better light. Yeah. 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 Great. You agree with me. Great. Nothing to say. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, the, yeah. The I'm, I'm hearing myself, unfortunately. Joe. Oh, I got Joe Offerangawi in this one. He's on the bench. He certainly deserved that. He's, he played well for Brisbane and he's playing really well for us, um, particularly off the bench. Plenty of offload. So I'm glad to see Joe Offerangawi rewarded there. The rest of the pack has... The fullback, Callum Pongham. The wingers are Xavier Coates and Valentine Holmes. The centers are Kate, Kirk Catewell, as we mentioned a moment ago, and Origin Dane Gagai. Halves are Cameron Munster and Daly Cherry Evans. The props are Christian Welsh and Tino Fallis. Oh, fuck, I fucked up the Tino one. For me. <laughs> the hooker, you either do it once or you fuck it up forever. Harry Grant is the hooker. Felice Cafusi and David Fafita are the second rowers. Jai Arrow is the lock. Their bench is AJ Brimson, Jaden Sewer. Moaki Fuyaka and Joe Ofangawe. Tino Falosumala. No, fuck it. Still fucked it. Carl uh, Felt, Reed Marnie, and Cohen Hess are the extras. Reed Marnie, I said it right for you, Mario. Nailed that one. Didn't do the Mahoney this time. Woo! Except we were going to call him Johnny Cash, uh, in there, I recall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Now, who in here are we really surprised that they picked? I think the fact that Cohen Hess has got actually got his name on it demonstrates that really their stocks are pretty um pretty low in my opinion. Facts. Mario. There's no one there's no one that super surprises me. Um honestly, I from what they've got available and some of them are still up in the air, 
they've probably picked about the best team they could. They've got a bunch of injuries and I assume, you know, the the usual flu scare this year will be a last minute COVID scare. <laughs> They'll come up with <laughs> oh, COVID is ra- racing through the camp or something. Queensland's had its first cases. Oh, wait, false alarm. That, look, I, I think Kurt Capewell is going to be a very different player in the centres when he's facing Tommy Turbo. I mean, you always hear... Um, you always hear people say, you know, I like paying out Kalen Ponga his defence at fullback. And when, you know, let's say when David Fafita runs at him, he doesn't get a touch on him. And people love defending him saying, oh, no fullback stopping him there. And yet Tommy Turbo showed exactly what a real fullback does when there's a huge bastard running at him. He stops him one-on-one an inch from the try line. That's what a real mm. fullback does. And so Kurt Capel isn't facing... King Gutho this year, he's facing a real fullback at centre. So, fingers crossed it works out. But Tommy at least has runs on the board at centre, as does Latrell. So, these two aren't the, the glaring out of positions like last year we had, even though I still think I'm of the opinion we should pick two centres and the best fullback. So, I think Tommy should be the fullback and Teddy should just miss out. But that was never going to happen and that's okay. Tino Faasu Malawi. Nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, but you still um, have no Fodawaka. <laughs> what did I do for Fodawaka? Yeah, for Tuka. Milwaukee for Fodawaka. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. Okay, I'll come back to that one too. Uh, yeah, look, I think um, I, I definitely agree with you. I think our back line's looking better than theirs, but I feel like I say that all the time. I also think AJ Brimson is playing better than Callum Ponga um, the entire season. And so I'm, I was surprised to see him get a crack there. Um, I, I'm just terrified constantly of Cameron Munster. It really doesn't matter who they put around him. Um, I'm just constantly terrified of that human. So the fact that he's there, even you know, as a possibility, makes me very nervous. Giannis, how are you feeling about Cameron? Yeah, yeah. Look, the guy's a freak. Um, and, and look, you know, Daly's actually playing pretty well himself at the moment. So yeah. I think their halves are, are, are certainly, you know, they're no. Slouches. Um, their forward pack's very strong. Uh, can't complain. Uh, can't can't mark that. I guess when it comes to Capewell, um, the question is, is who who would be an alternative um, in that position? And, mm. and um, uh, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. But okay. look, he's done a job uh, at, at this level. You could put Gag- you, you could put Gagai in the centres and bring Kyle Felt onto the wing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and. And Felt, Felt has turned, you know, a few games from from wing, you know. Um, so, um, yeah, I, I, as I, I just think um, the only thing that's a big out for them, as I said a little too early, is I think that they're an injury short. Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty thin. thin. Um, they've got a good sort of starting 17 or, you know, 17. But outside of that, I think they're pretty uh, pretty weak. Mario, I think Dane Gagai and Kurt Catewell are the two centres. It's Valentine Holmes and Xavier Coates for oh. the wingers. You're right. Well, there you go. So you could. Okay. So I've got nothing. My bad. <laughs> yeah. Paul Green's doing his best. Yeah, I was looking at the Triple M uh, team they had. They said was official, but then a whole bunch of the names were different from the actual official team. So, oops. Um, <clears throat> I I'm not too sure about Jai Arrow. He was great for the Titans. He's gone to South. He's been okay for South. Um, I think Jaden Sewer's been probably playing better than him, but. They're much of a muchness. And so I, although I take your point about the props in the second row as being really strong, I actually think 
Jai Arrow is, is good enough and, and deserves to be there, but he's probably the weakest part of that that excellent-looking forward pack. And the bench, um, although I was giving Joe o a rap a moment ago, their bench is also probably, well, it's significantly weaker than our bench. Um, so I think that's probably where they might fall down. And then, then they, they won't get that role on that Cam Munster hopefully needs, assuming that he plays. But I agree with you. I think Daly Terry Evans has been fantastic. Um, this year, Mario, do you see him having a bigger role or as big a role as Cam Munster, or do you think he takes a bit of a back step? No, ultimately, Cherry Evans, he's not the player he was in 2011 or 2013. He's still good, but he's an organiser. He's not, he's not really, you know, doing the flashy plays. That's for Harry and, and Ponger and Munster especially. I mean, as you've said, Munster to me is, he's the guy. He's a difference maker. And if they're going to win, it's on the back of him and Harry Grant. So, Giannis, uh, tell me your uh, serious predictions. Uh, I think New South Wales probably will uh, lose it um, because that's what we do. Um, Fucking hell. The, um, uh, <laughs> the locations. Uh, no, no, maybe the Dragons is... is, is, is the, no, look, to be honest, I think, I think we, we should win it by probably 2-1, but I, I don't, I'm not that confident. Okay. Mario? Uh, New South Wales, 3-0. Yeah, thank you, sir. And I reckon there's a record win in it as well. We went, we, New Zealand, has, sorry, Queensland has some um, record 34 nil or something like that. And I think we break it this year in, in game three when they absolutely give up. Now, let's stay on origin. There was uh, obviously still a bit of um, COVIDness happening in Victoria, those poor bastards, and we wish them all the best. They had to find an alternate venue, though, for game one. The mayor of the Inner West... Mr. Darcy Byrne, he tweeted out that Leichhardt Oval and Henson Park were both available for Game 1 um, Origin. I was all about it. Um, I think that would have been fantastic to see that many people jam into Henson Park or Leichhardt Oval's bathrooms. Uh, Giannis, can you think of a better place to play Game 1 than Henson Park? Um, not not a, a serious proposition. Um, I... I um... I think uh, probably if you're going to do it, you'd have to do it at Bankwest just simply because it's built that way. Um, but I, I, I'm happy for the nostalgia if that's the direction we want to go. Yeah, I also don't think there's ever been a state of origin played at Hanson Park. Whereas Leichhardt Oval did used to have state of origin played back in the day. And so they've already had their turn. Mario, what are your problems with Hanson Park? I don't have any problems with Henson Park. I've never been. What right. I think we should do is give a big fuck you to rugby. Shout out to Xander. I mentioned rugby. <laughs> uh, hosting at a rat park in, in Narrabeen. Wow. I love that idea. Um, I also love the idea that you think that the people who are usually on a show listen to it. Um, I, I don't know, Xander, but I can, from my personal experience of doing podcasts with thousands of people, almost none of them ever listen. So there's a very good cheap chance that they went straight to the keeper. Uh, in all oh, seriousness, I, forgot, I guess I forgot. Sorry, I forgot that I was uh, talking to Big T, otherwise known as the Rugby League History Rain Man. Um, <laughs> so yeah, don't. No, uh, um, no, strategically, I reckon we should have tried to push it for Canberra because how would Queensland yes. deal with Canberra in Canberra? Uh, would be my uh, my uh, thoughts on that, rather than Townsville, which is the opposite. Yeah, I, can, I love Canberra as a suggestion. That's a really great one. It's already got a huge amount of infrastructure. It's, it feels somewhat neutral, but really secretly it's ours. Um, and, and a lot of people also put up Newcastle uh, because it was kind of north towards Brisbane and kind of in the same vein as trying to be neutral, but not really. I think Novocastrians would have absolutely died at the chance of having Origin there and they would have put on a great party. 
I'm assuming that Perth and Adelaide, which are which are great places to have it, would have been too poor, like too hard to organise. Mario, I mean, why didn't we end up in those two key parts? I would assume simply because we only had about twelve days' notice that they wouldn't have been. They were worried mm. about the crowd in. Yeah, fair enough. I guess. I guess. I mean, is, is that why Perthanians go because they're advertised to for a long period of time? Yeah, I mean, they know they don't get that many games, so they know when it's coming. How how big are the crowds going? They have a big stadium, doesn't it? Hold fifty thousand or something to get fifty thousand. It might, might might be less, but to have any, you, you just don't want to have a half full stadium for the supposed showpiece of the game. That's why they give away tickets right. in the grand final quite a you know many years in the past. They have you don't you just don't want it to look like shit to people who are part-time viewers and the reason origin gets so many ratings is because a lot of part-time viewers just watch origin and you know someone who's an afl fan who might just tune in for origin they're just going to mock us mercilessly if they see us with 20,000 in the 40,000 stadium yeah and the queensland one i think yeah but holds 25,000 so that's going to look pretty full pretty quick yeah yeah that makes sense yeah, the other thing too you got to think about you got to think about Perth is the time zone as well. Um, if you want a night game, three hours behind us. So what does that look like a, a day? Um, either they hold it three hours earlier and whether they get people to the ground or not. Um, mm, that's but a very good point. Uh, I mean, um, the, the the I mean you could probably do it with Adelaide and stuff like that. I guess I guess ultimately though. Um, you know, I, I was a big believer, for example, that uh, you hold these events as a potential expansion offer. You know, see how uh, what what appetite there is for the rugby league community for a potential expansion team. Um, and my my honest thoughts now are, if we were going to do it, it's a shame we didn't think about. And I know this sounds weird, sort of a New Zealand option instead. Um, and but again, that would have been almost um, impossible given the um, uh, given the. Uh, COVID attack, so to speak, or the COVID uh, bubbles. Uh, but anyway, that was my my five cent suggestion. I guess it would be challenging to justify having us play an Origin in New Zealand. We can't get the New Zealand Warriors playing home games in New Zealand. Um, but I think in the future, Giannis, that makes heaps of sense. And I, and uh, you and I, I uh, uh, people who chase kangaroos. So we're all about mm-hmm. trying to trying to expand that. And I, and I've been a public person trying to say that we put origin in a circuit on any city that we're trying to reward or, or encourage like melbourne adelaide and perth over and over again playing internationals in state of origins there and it makes heaps of sense to put auckland or wellington into that circuit as well to try and generate that kind of love and interest and also reward i think that's part of the reason why i like it going to melbourne is because we are thanking and congratulating and rewarding any of those melbourne rugby league fans that have converted or or were expats from different states and, and thank you for supporting the Melbourne Storm. Mario has some strong feelings about that place as a club. But the, the people who are, who are spending money and, and their time and effort to go and support rugby league down there, they, they deserve you know, a, a series of, of origins played down there at different times. And I would love to give that kind of encouragement and reward to, to Perth, Adelaide and New Zealand. Can it go, though, to somewhere like Hobart or Darwin? I know the infrastructure is not the same in those two places, but... Surely Hobart could, in the future, possibly hold an origin. I'll go to Mario. No. Oh. They, they wouldn't get the... You, you don't get the crowd. Hobart feel... Tasmania, to most mainland people who've never been there, feels like another country. 
And it, if like, I think most mainland Australians think of New Zealand as being somewhere they'd go to before they'd ever go to Tasmania. And Tasmania is an, an amazing state. I've been there. It's really lovely. I'd love to go there again. But that being said, I've been to New Zealand twice and only Tasmania once. And I'd go to New Zealand again before I'd go to Tasmania again. It's just, it feels, it doesn't, I wouldn't say it feels more like it's part of Australia, but it just feels closer, just, I don't know, more, just more of a destination you're going to go to. Hobart's kind of like a punishment. <laughs> and we welcome all of our Hobart listeners. The, the thing that I will say about that, though, is what if we put it on a Saturday night and you make it like a magic weekend kind of vibe where it's a festival thing where we encourage Melbourne City siders and Brisbaneans to go down and spend some time in Hobart over the weekend oh, and we see the football. So the locals are getting the football and everyone goes down there. Yeah, do it, do it on a long weekend. Uh, well, it might not be a long weekend in Hobart, but who cares? As long as it is one for, you know, New South Wales, Victoria and Queensland, that's, that's kind of what matters. If you do something like... <laughs> and we say hi to our Hobart and the rest of this country now as well. Like. No, I mean in terms of getting people from here to go there to make it for <laughs> people in Tasmania, it matters more that it's a public holiday for people in New South Wales and Queensland. I'm not trying to actually say that the people in Tasmania don't matter. Um, if you make it into an actual weekend event by, as so many people, myself certainly included, have said many times, make Origin Weekend a big event by having the women's origin, by having Samoa versus Tonga, you know, have New Zealand versus PNG or Fiji or something along those lines, you know, have, have, a, have a real little festival going of it and let them all play three games as well and make those relevant games and make them mean something. And then you, you could make it into a magic round sort of setup where all the games are at the same ground. Instead of when we have had that sort of in the past, it's been, you know, the women played at North Sydney, the Samoa versus Tonga played out at Henson Park or something. It was two all over the place. So it didn't turn it into an event the way Magic Weekend is. Yeah, I think they play in Campbelltown most of the times. Yeah, no, you're right. It, it is, it's fantastic to sit there on the weekend and watch all of it. But you're right, it's in so many different venues that we're split up all over the place. Uh, I think we should take Giannis's idea about Canberra and then roll it into the next segment, which is what the hell is happening with the Raiders? Now, the Canberra Raiders started the season 4-0. and They beat the eventual premiers, the West Tigers, in round one. And they did it convincingly as well. I think that was 30-12. to And the first half looked great, but the second half, uncharacteristic to the Raiders now, they turned up in the second half and, and blew them away. They had pretty convincing wins against everyone until their fifth game against the Panthers they ended up losing 30-10, to and they've been broken ever since. They had to play the Eels. They then lost a close one to the Cowboys. Got pumped by the Rabbitohs. They only just beat the Bulldogs. And that's been their only win out of the last two, four, six, seven games. One against the Bulldogs. And, and of course, that's the magic round one where they were losing for part of it and, uh, and almost lost the entire game. Only just jagged it at the end. Giannis, what is happening with the Canberra Raiders? Yeah, look, I can't relate. Uh, you know, losing the last six of our uh, seven <laughs> games also. Um, uh, look, I think a couple of things. Um, I think uh, the the rules have caught up with Ricky um, and some of the players, and he made a point about this when the the um, uh, which is you know if the new rules keep coming, let him know so he can recruit what he needs to recruit. And uh, Hodgkinson just looks like just not the docker that you need in these times. Um, and Starling looks much better, in my opinion. 
Um, the other thing too is I think that they've had a number of players that I have played really well recently, but just for some of that reason, they've gone off the boil. Um, yeah, to Pine and uh, well, yeah, um, it's to is that how he pronounced Robert? Just um, and um, and I also think um, yeah, uh, Papali'i is, is is another one. Um, so yeah, I think I think the other thing too is um, living near Canberra that I do. Uh, there is a um, you know, it's a one town, one team town, um, and uh, you know, you, you. I think there's a little bit. There can be a little bit more pressure that needs to be because it is quite a small little town. Um, so wrapped all up, that I also think that maybe Sticky's uh, just too intense, and you know, he's had experience with that before. His intensity's got to a point, and that's sort of saying moving on from the Roosters and from from the Sharks, basically, and Parramatta. Mario, Mario, what are your thoughts? I, I like that, um, Giannis had that little Freudian slip saying a one-town team, which is appropriate given that he supports a team that is based in two towns. <laughs> um, I just think in terms of Canberra, it's a lot of it, I'm, I hate to say this because screw defending Ricky Stewart, a lot of it's not their fault. A lot of it's Peter Volandis's fault. Simple fact is they recruited their team for a particular style of play that with absolutely no notice, he just said, Fuck you, everyone. If you are unlucky enough to have really customised your team for that style, well, you're screwed. And the Raiders had this big pack, a whole bunch of these big boppers who are going to be, you know, fighting it out for the three or four prop spots in the team. And suddenly, none of them are worthy of those spots because that's not the way guys can play. You can't have, you know, you just can't do that in this high-fatigue game that we're currently watching of rugby league the lineup they have doesn't work. Add to that, you know, their halfback apparently not wanting to be there. Add to that, their starting fullback going down basically for the season and being replaced by an utter mm. and complete scrub. Mm. I mean, he, he's got to be the worst fullback in the comp right now, the poor fella. Um, you know, that what what, choice, what chance have they got, honestly? And Jack White, and I believe, I do believe he is a large part of the problem. I, I'm, you know, I've stated that, but certainly... He's perhaps a bit of a Mitchell Moses that he does run downhill well. And when his team's not doing much, he's going to struggle to get them over the line. Last year, he was able to do that a few times. But the team, yeah, they might have been losing a tight game, but they weren't playing terribly for 80 minutes. It was playing a tight game against a good team. Whiten could do a good thing. But he, he's probably just trying a little bit too hard now and just not feeling it because the team are just going so poorly. Yeah, Murray, not the, to, the, go not to, um, sorry, not, not to um, be seen to be even uh, agreeing with anything that Hooper's ever said or done <laughs> or written, but I, I actually kind of um, back what the Raiders have done, though, with George Williams in that he wanted to go. And look, I haven't tracked it as much as I need to. He wanted to go. And so the Raiders have just gone, right, fuck you on your bike. And the complaint from Williams is, oh, you're making me go earlier than than what I wanted to do. Yeah. Well, you're either homesick or you're not. Yep. And yeah. and why why should why should the Raiders miss out? Because you know it's it's the time. If I said to my boss, "Hey, I'm I'm thinking about going," uh, you know, he would either say to me, "Well, you know, get pack your bags and, and fuck off," or, or or hang in there. You know. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I, I think the difference there, Yanis, the difference you might find there is that if you, you're not going to your boss, I was under the impression that he spoke to the welfare manager there and spoke to them about his mental health. And the response from the mental health was, you shouldn't be here. 
anymore. If this is a problem for you to leave, that's how we're going to fix your mental health. And I think he was upset that he went to go and look for support while he was trying to deal with this, trying to get through this, the, the issue that he was having, which was being away from his family and, and during a COVID time. And, and instead of them trying to support him and help him until he was supposed to go, they just told him to, to straight up leave. That's very different to, hey, I'm not sure I want to work anymore, boss. And your boss says, okay, well, then don't work anymore. Yeah, but he wasn't supposed to go. Uh, okay, so signed for another year after this year. What, what do you mean? He, he was signed until the end of 2022. So, and he... Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So, but my point is that he was... They, they had agreed that he would play this season out and then leave. I believe that... So he's looking for help to get said. through. The Raiders disagree with that yeah. version of the story. And, oh, okay. you know, that they have said, and I heard, I think it was, was at Ferner... Come, come out the other day and, and said that we, he approached us, said he wasn't going well and he was thinking he wanted to leave at the end of the year. So we said, okay, if that's the plan, we need to start planning now for next year so you can go. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, from, I agree. I, I, I haven't, I'm not there, so I don't know. From my information, I've only taken was from what I've read from, from Williams on social media and I've, tried desperately not to read anything Hooper has said because I'm more likely to believe what the player is saying in this situation than what um, a- any media person is going to say. But uh, on top of that, I haven't read what the Campbell Raiders have put out, which I'd also be happy to believe. The only thing I would say about the Raiders is they were playing well for the first quarter of the season under these Volandis rules. The only real rule changes that have happened since they're starting to lose is the head high tackles that, ha- that happened maybe three rounds ago. And Papali'i got sent off in that game for, for a high shot. And he was probably the most severely um, dealt with person so far. They ended up winning that game regardless. So I would just suggest that it's actually their forwards who were fantastic two years ago, just not being the same spring of step as they were before. Sia Soliola just isn't the same player he was two years ago. Josh isn't the same forward he was two years ago. Tarpany we used to destroy. I have clear nightmares of Tarpany on that right edge, just absolutely wrecking havoc. And he hasn't done that this year or even most of last year. Um, I just think it's hit, their pack just isn't as good as they were um, two years ago. And I'm not putting that down to six again rules because they exploited that six again rule in the first half of the, or the first quarter of the season. The only thing I can say uh, about that is, is clearly BJ was uh, more important than what we thought to the Raiders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I mean, he certainly was. He certainly was good for a sixty-point game against us. They have the Raiders <laughs> still have they, the Raiders still have the Sea Eagles, who although they got uh, embarrassed a little bit by the Knights the other day, the other day I think are definitely on the up. So they've got them twice. They've still got the Eels, who I still rate. They've still got the Storm and Roosters to play in the second half of the season. Can they? I think they're third last at the moment. Can they make it back into the top eight, Mario? No chance. As you mentioned, they've got us twice. We always beat Canberra. So I am not, even when we suck and they're finishing 15th and they're finishing, you know, top three, we still beat Canberra. So I'm not concerned by them at all. That's definitely two L's you can, you can chalk up for them against us. I don't think there's any chance of the top eight. You look at the teams not in the top eight right now. And I mean, after that on the weekend, maybe the Sharks could somehow get there. But really, I honestly think it's the Tigers up. It's th- 1 to 13. I think Canberra, no chance. Surely Brisbane are no chance. And, you know, we don't even, Bulldogs aren't even first grade team. We don't talk about them. Okay. I see, because they're also, they're for and against us also. They're quite bad. They have a bye 
next. Giannis, can you see them trying to jag? Because I think they're third last. They're, they've only got the Broncos and, and Bulldogs below them, as um, Mario said. They've got... Um, I mean, you're in the eight at the moment. I know you're you're not a particularly uh, confident fan. So, so would you suggest that the Raiders can make a charge to the teams to make the eight? Well, first of all, we're playing them on the sixth uh, of August down in in Canberra, and that, so that's two points that they picked up straight away. <laughs> they're actually playing us twice. I oh, know we never win down there. We just we just never win down there ever. It's like one of the biggest voodoo's around. Um, look, I'd say, I'd say no. Um, I think that, um, you know, a gun to my head, I think that we will probably, you know, I'm just, just, I think we will drop out of the eight. Um, I know that's not the answer and I can't see the Raiders replacing us. Um, but other than that, the eight looks pretty good to me. Um, maybe, you know, maybe the Tigers might pick it up, um, or, or, um, you might see the Warriors sneak in. Yeah, um, and then I think the eight will be settled. Maybe the Knights as well. I think the Warriors is a good shout. If Ponga comes good, you know, health-wise, he could be enough to get the Knights into the eight. The issue is that the, somehow the Cowboys are quite clearly the seventh best team in the comp. I feel like there's actually a bit of a gap between them and everyone below them. I, you'd probably say Warriors or Titans are the most likely, but geez, the Titans were terrible on the weekend. Mm. The only think, thing that's in Canberra's so. favour. Okay, mate. So you go, you go ahead, T. The only thing that's in Canberra's favour is that they do play the Warriors, Titans, Knights, Sharks again. And so they are some good leapfrogging if they can get those wins. They probably won't beat the Storm, Roosters and, and Manly. But if there are a few games that they play in, in that meaty part between 9 and 13, that they can do some, some big-time leapfrogging. Um, they only play Brisbane once, which won't help them too much if they get that win. But losing to the Roosters and those teams... Won't affect them, but they could leapfrog those other meaty parts. Giannis, what were you going to say? Uh, I think the, the other big unknown, and it, it, you know, we'll probably get onto this, is actually Volandi's ball uh, and the, how this crackdown's going. Because you know, you can have a team that's uh, looking pretty good, and before you know it, you've got four players on on long uh, long suspensions. Um, yeah. That's happened to us. That's happened to uh, the Roosters. So you know, you, you don't kind of know, you know, what team you're you're rocking up to. Uh, and, and that could be the difference between, you know, whether you rock up to it, you know. So you on, on the right day, you could come up against a, I won't say Penrith, but, you know, you could come up with against a, a, a South that are pretty depleted. Um, um, so, you know, I think the Raiders may be, but I, I just can't see. I just think they're, they're not playing uh, at a level that you would think um, you said cohesive. And I also think to have Ricky as your, your, your coach, it'd be so intense that sooner or later you just go, fuck it, um, you know, we're starting a new season. Um, and you know Sam Williams, God bless him, he played with the Red V for about three games, um, but he doesn't exactly feel you with confidence in in that half position. How dare you, sir? Well, let's look at that now, then. <laughs> let's look at that now. So, Volandi's ball is something that you just talked about. Then I'd love to talk about the high contact ruling. You're both already given some seasoning as to the uh, kind of takes you're gonna you're gonna do under this title here, Giannis. Uh, there has been a you know near record amount of um, reports being given per game at the moment. Your super best friend, Luciana Leilua, also at the moment uh, is at the judiciary tomorrow night um, as he's trying to get away from that. There's also a whole bunch of other people. Felice Cafusi, 
He's, he's going to be there. Um, David Clemmers is supposed to be there. Tavita Furna, Sean Kepi, uh, the, the person that Mario is obsessed with at the moment. <laughs> David Fafita, Moe Furuoka. All of these people are, are looking like they're being fined or suspended. There's a lot going on. Is it working? Uh, I, I, as we're all uh, you know, um, fans of this week in league as well, I agree with Jay. I, I fully support the crackdown if you're going to do it based on one proviso that it's consistent and it can be explained. Uh, well, there's two conditions, I guess, I should put in there. Um, i got to admit, I watch Cummings against, and I'm not uh, trying to get into Mario's good books, but I have never seen such inconsistent refing on something so important uh, in terms of head highs and the way it was. And, and probably the best example I can give you is, um, so Frizzell smacked someone high in the face uh, that went on report, but it was about five plays after you know, it happened, it got pulled up. There was no penalty in the game continued. Uh, and biggest, I know you're the refs, uh, you're a ref, so you might be able to help me out with this. Whereas, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Marty. Um, Marty got um, sinbinned for something um, about, you know, three, three and, and that did, you know, you know it, it, I'm not refs faulting, but, you know, let's face it, it has a pretty fucking big impact when you've got those players down. Um, similar sort of thing I'd say to us is, against the Sharks a couple of weeks ago. Oh, sorry, sorry, against um, Ma- um, Melbourne a couple of weeks ago where, you know, like I've got no sympathy for, for Maguire getting sent off, um, particularly on the weekend of the crackdown. He had enough games to do it. But Kafusi just smacked the crap out of Corey Norman in the back. Now, you know, maybe that was a sort of a silver lining, but nevertheless, um, <laughs> you know, Kafusi still seemed to, seemed to have um, um, okay with that. So I guess where I'm at is, is I just want consistency and... and and I want to understand as a fan who's not as up to it, I want to understand, you know, I want to see something and go, yes, that makes sense with the reference point that I saw three minutes ago or a game ago. And, and I don't, I, I think the refs have, have, haven't got a grasp of that. So at the moment, I'd say no, because we don't have that clear understanding or consistency. Go, yeah, Maria. You'll never get complete consistency. I agree with you about the Marty... And the Frizzell thing, that one really bothered me at the time. That being said, I have seen a bunch of Manly fans rest folding that game. Get the fuck out of here. Sean Kepi should have been sent off, not got 10 in the bin, and the game would have been <laughs> over right there. So no matter what other decisions the ref made, good or bad, he made that one that was in our favour, and we still shut the bed when he was only off for 10 minutes. We deserve to lose the game. Let's move on. In terms of the actual crackdown... <laughs> Um, Felice Kafusi is an absolute dog cunt. He should have been sent off um, when he um, Ryan Madison in what round two, and instead he didn't even get a penalty against him. Uh, again, the other day, he should have been sent off, didn't even get a penalty against him. I'm absolutely fed up with Felice Kafusi existing as a player. He's basically um, Josh Maguire, just without the suspensions. It's a disgrace, and it's all about the purple jersey that he wears. That being said, I am fully in favour of the crackdown, have been since the very moment it started. It needed to happen a long time ago. Let's just stick with it. The only one that bothers me with the crackdown is they've got to stop penalising guys for hitting someone in the head that, that are basically horizontal when they get hit. There is absolutely no way to tackle somebody in the split second that has fallen down in front of you and has landed down at your hip how the hell are you supposed to tackle them without hitting their head when they're leading with their head in a millisecond? You do not have a, 
have time to change your tackling style. It shouldn't even be a penalty. I don't care if it hits them in the head. I don't care if they get knocked unconscious. You can see from the replay that they've fallen down and that the player was not at fault, the tackler that is. That's the only thing about the crackdown I don't agree with. And that goes for any team that does it, my team or any other team. Otherwise, yep, don't hit in the head. People like Victor Radley, if you're going to say, oh, I'm not going to change. I've been taught by some great defensive coaches. No, nah, mate, you've been taught not to hit in the head. It's pretty fucking simple. Beaver Menzies, one of the best defenders the rugby league has ever seen. He never hit anyone <laughs> in the head in match. You know, it's not hard. You know, get a fucking clue, you absolute child. And I'm a big Victor Radley <laughs> fan normally, but that shit can get... <laughs> I love it. A three-minute rant of chewing him out, and then the end of it. I'm a fan of him. I mean, that was like uh, uh, I'm a fan of Rick. I'm a fan of Victor Radley, but that was like the most. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a racist. I'm not a racist, but look, I um, I I uh, I'm uh, swinging in and out of both of your points of view. I completely love the idea of consistency when it's not at all possible at all, unless we have in the bunker the uh, one referee who just is the same person who's always at, watching every single game. And even then the guy's going to get tired or, or fatigued or whatever. So the, the idea of consistency is, is fantastic and a very easy thing to say and an even harder thing um, to materialize unless we do annoying things like Mario doesn't want, which is anytime there's contact with the head, it's automatically a penalty. Then we can have consistency, but we're, we're blowing up the game a lot. I love the six again rule. I think it's terrible for inside the tens, but I love the ruck infringements having a six again. And I didn't think I'd, I would, I'd love sin binning. And I want, this is a very unpopular um, opinion, but I love sin binning and love having them in every game. So okay. I was, I was magic round was one of my favorites because just seeing any time there's a penalty, there was an opportunity for sin bin just added so much chaos and, and drama to the whole thing it was extremely entertaining. But do I want that to have an impact on the end of the game? No, I just want to be entertained during it, but I want the best team to win. So unfortunately that sin winning thing does impact who the best team of the day is. So I, I don't have that silver bullet, even as a person who referees on the weekend, it's way easier Giannis to, to referee um, grassroots stuff because everyone, there's no replays and everything is very, um, whatever you said kind of goes, people complain on the, on the sideline, but once you've blown a penalty, that's that's what happened. There's no debate. There's no anything about it now. That that's you know that was now inside the ten. So it's a, yeah, it's so, a really so, challenging yeah. situation. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and I'm not saying I have a civil bullet. I'm, I'm actually more of the favour of um, you know it's a bit like the um, the complaint we have of obstruction rule, which was resolved by a simple black and white. You know, you've got to catch on the outside of the shoulder, etc. I'm more of a fan. If if you do touch the head, then then be absolute about it. And yes, there'll be a bit of a, a, a adjustment, but at least then I know what I'm looking at. Um, I, I'm not saying I have the silver bullet because yeah, I don't. Um, but you know, I, I guess as a the six again, as you and I were discussing over uh, when the dragons were losing to the the tights, um, you know, the only six games we were getting. We're on, uh, you know, our tackle, our first or second tackles. Yeah. Um, I, I'm not saying that was result. We were, we were always going to lose that game no matter what. Um, and your speed of the ruck, et cetera, et cetera. But again, I, I don't understand it sometimes. But, you know, I'm not, I'm not as expert as others uh, watching it. So, you know, maybe it's my learning experience as well. Can I pose a question? The only other... Um, you mm -hmm. just said, Big T, a moment ago that you like the six again rule, you know, except on the... Um, except on the inside the 10. 
I also have been a fan of the six again rule when it first came out last year. But the thing I was complaining about right from the start is it should not apply in your own 30 meter zone. It should always be a penalty every single time because no team wants a six again in their own 10 meter line where, you know, when they can get a penalty and kick it 30 meters downfield. And players and coaches have certainly worked that out very quickly. And again, the one that I pointed out, I may have pointed out on this podcast, in fact, last year one time that really bothered me was I remember once seeing Cherry Evans getting called for a six again on the first tackle. And he just lay all over the player for ages, looked around, just dead set, took the piss, kind of looked at the ref a couple of times. What are you going to do, bitch? Then looked at his players. Yeah, you're ready. You're ready. And then he got off and it was so blatant and I, I'm sure it had happened before that, but that was the one that I noticed. And it's, and this year I think it's been doubled down on hardcore that every single team you get a seven tackle set. It's basically no advantage now because that first tackle, they just stand five meters back and stand all over them. Let the six again call be called, which means absolutely nothing because it was already six again. So what yeah, yeah, that- my question, I said, I was going to pose a question. What do you think the, the solution is to that blatant cheating that every single re- decent coach is going to coach into their team? Yeah, I, I, I think the uh, um, inside the 20 meter or 30 meter thing, I, I need to look at more uh, statistical stuff on how often that happens in there. I know um, that the guys from Boom Rookies, Mitch did a fantastic one where he, where he, had, he had like a 15 minute highlight video of just the worst defenders of it ever happening. So looking at something like that and seeing where it happens and what happens later in that set uh, and what kind of impact it has, if you, if you get a six again within your 20, is that the same as getting one inside your 30? I just want to look at that kind of stuff before I decide on exactly which zone I'd want it in. That is available in the NRL Boom Rookies Patreon Discord. It's in the Discord. Yeah. Somebody did share that. Okay, great. You joined. So if you asked it in the Discord, someone would have it on hand, I'm sure. Yeah, the Discord, their Discord is so full of everything that it's it's a wonderful treasure trove, but also, unfortunately, it's, it's you know, a lot to dig through. Of course. Um, so I would, uh, I, I strongly think that that would, that would be great, having, a you know, open penalties for that and then six again everywhere else. I think it's a great idea. I think whatever time that they thought they were getting back from not blowing penalties, using six again, they've lost from the amount of penalties that they're blown with head highs. And obviously the idea there is that eventually that won't happen because the tackling technique will will change um, or, or the how effective they are with it. But I, one thing I know about humans, which, which I learned strongly from being part of refereeing, is that if you shout and you hear NRL referees do it all the time with kickoffs, anytime there's a kickoff, the first thing they say just before they blow the whistle is time you run. And if you don't say that, inevitably you have a player or two offside. It's it's the most ridiculous thing that humans will do. And when you have kids 12, 15, there's a kick return and that person is running. If you shout tackle low, those players will do that. If you if you neglect to say tackle low or 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 something like that, there you often find penalties. And so unfortunately what it comes down to is referees coaching players through an entire game. Um, about staying on, uh, staying, keeping the 10 and and getting off at the ruck and things like that because the entire game is dictated by that person with the whistles, decisions on on every single part. The problem we have with, so when we have a 10 or all those play the balls, in the past that person's been able to decide, okay, Cameron Munster's two steps in front of me, but I'm going to ignore it. I'm going to tell him in the next 
tackle, Cameron makes sure he stay with me. And if he does, I'll leave it. And if he doesn't, they'll blow the penalty. That's happened for 100 years. Same with play the balls. You tell him to get up. The next time you see him down there and he still doesn't do it, that's when you blow the penalty. When we have the black and white rules with those obstruction things, it was black and white, so we had to we had to pull it up. And now that they have this black and white with the head thing, you're seeing all these penalties because because referees can't say, geez, he's hitting him a bit high there. I've got to get around to him in this defensive set and get next to him and go keep them low. And if he doesn't then keep it low, then I penalise him because they don't have that freedom anymore. We're getting that many blown whistles. And I think that's their next... If they're going to keep the game flowing like they want to, they can't keep having black and white rules. Well, we need two refs. Pure and simple. We, we've, we've added these extra things for refs to do while halving the amounts of people on the field able to do it. So this whole... I, I, the only people Volandis was appealing to was absolutely brain brainwashed boomers who just listen to whatever shit Gus spews out out of his pathetic mouth that two refs was the problem. But it was never the problem. Not for one second was two refs the problem. Maybe quality of refs, maybe they just... train them better. You know, appreciate the bloody refs that we've got is what I think. Well, quality of rest, I think it diminished when you take when you give them less game time. And I just heard you saying um, out of his pathetic mouth or whatever. So I was expecting you to finish that with "You're a big fan of Gus Gould." Giannis, um, <laughs> can, you t- can you tell me are you a pro to referee? Going back to two referees. Well, can I just just point out first of all uh, two responses. The first is it's really good. Uh, you know, Aim and away for it for one episode, and we're already plugging other uh, podcasts. Uh, and I'm guilty of that too. Big shout out to Aim and mate. Glad your elbow full of baby shit at the moment. Um, second thing, I I actually am a fan that um, if we are going to put so much scrutiny on the rest, then we need to give them as much support as we possibly can. Um, otherwise, it's unf- like it's just it's just a, a, a lay down. Mazer, I the only thing that I would say um, that I have noticed, and Eamon was sort of mentioning this on one of his drunken rants, uh, to um, was that there has been there's been a strange form of rest folding, and I've just done it myself uh, earlier. Um, in that we accept it's sort of where all the, the media seem backing the media uh, the the refs a lot more lately. I've noticed, particularly around this crackdown. Um, and so maybe it's not such a bad thing. But, you know, my personal view is, is the more support, whether it's through technology, through another ref, uh, through the video ref, um, to make it more, uh, you know, um, to, to support the, the, the one guy, then, then I would back that, um, knowing, though, that that probably drags it away from consistency and consistency of interpretation, which is what I've been banging on uh, about earlier. Bloody Volandis wasn't backing the refs. The very first thing he got asked during Magic Round is, you know, how do you think the crackdown's gone? He said, oh, I think it's I think it's really working well. The refs just need to find that happy balance. They haven't quite been getting it right. So instead of taking it on the fact that he'd just thrown them in the deep end with no notice he and, you know, taking some of that responsibility himself, he just basically dropped them in it and said, the refs suck, but they're doing their best. You know, it, oh, fuck, I hate that guy so much. <laughs> well, uh, Sports Best Friends was mentioned at the top. I talked about chessing kangaroos. Uh, the This Week in League was mentioned Boom Rookies was mentioned So I'd obviously like to give full credit to all of those boys And we'll start now with the Rugby League Digest Quiz Which will be the final part of the uh, uh, Part of this show uh, So Giannis, I'm not sure if you were Clued up on the fact that you had to do a quiz um, But Eamon loves doing them For Xander and um, 
and Media Watch, so you've just been lumped in with that. Are you ready for the first question? Yeah, well, the only the only difference is, as I said, because you're um, NRL history rain man, I'll actually I'll actually believe that the answers, um, as opposed to Eamon, um, <laughs> sure he makes most of it up. I can assure you that that Eamon and I are using the exact same board game, so uh, <laughs> the, the, the same thing. Uh, which team did the Adelaide Rams defeat fifty two to nil in nineteen ninety eight? And just a quick shout out to the Adelaide Rams Twitter account; it's one of the best on the tweet machine. I do have, uh, you can get five points if you get it without multiple choice, or you can have one point if you get it with multiple choice. Who's this question for, him or me? It's Giannis. Okay. I was, sorry, I was talking to Giannis. Uh, fuck it, I'll go, I'll go multiple choice just to, um, to be a, a, a coward. <laughs> <laughs> also, I should preface, you've got to keep your own scores. Bowman Tigers, Newcastle Knights, or Canberra Raiders? Uh, uh, I'll say that the um, the nights were pretty shit, so I'll go for that at the time. Oh, what did you say, Mario? Yeah, it's got to be Balmain. It was Balmain. Congratulations. Wow. So you can have one point for the steal. Uh, next, oh, Mario, this is now a question for you. <clears throat> In 2017, Branko Lee transferred to the Bulldogs from which team? Oh, oh. oh fuck. Who the hell was he at? Was it Titans? I'm going to go Titans. Multiple choice, South Queensland, Melbourne Storm, or the Canberra Raiders? South Queensland, that's no such team. I'm reading the card, sir. Don't, don't get upset with the card. Okay, I'm confused. Unless, is there a Q Cup South Queensland team? I thought he went to Storm after that. Oh, fuck it. Let's go Storm. Oh, no. Can I jump in? It was the Canberra Raiders. Oh, oh no. damn it. Yes, you can have it. You can have it because I heard you saying, ooh, ooh, ooh. I'm giving you the point. <laughs> that, that, My that bad. Was, that was, I was just watching uh, Dufty score and that was something else at the moment. Um, so I'm, I'm watching rugby league porn as, as we talk. Keep going. Which, uh, so this is now to you, Giannis. Who yeah. was the first player to captain the Brisbane Broncos? Oh, um, uh, uh, Wally Wanker. Yeah. There you go. There's, you, you get five points for that as well because you uh, got it without the multiple choice. Media Watch, which year did Australia finish as runner-up to Great Britain in the Rugby League World Cup final? Uh, was it about 1991? 1971, 1970 or 1960? Oh, jeez. Uh, 71. Giannis, you want to have a stab? Uh, what were the other two? Sorry. Uh, 71, 70 or 1960? Uh, I'll say 1970. You're both wrong. Giannis, this one's for you. Which player <laughs> scored the first try of the 20... 2018 NRL Premiership Grand Final. Sorry, what was that again? Sorry. You just got it Who scored the first try in the 2018 Grand Final? Um, uh, I'm just trying to think who won that. Was the Roosters? It was. And it was, it was against, wasn't it Latrell Mitchell? Yeah. Against Chambers, over Chambers in the corner? Would you like multiple choice? Oh. Yeah, that'd be good. Lindsay Collins, Daniel Tupu, or Luke Keary? Uh, Tupu then. And Beer Boy 102 pointed out to me recently that he is the least happy man when he scores. Next time you see Daniel Tupu score, watch his 
post try celebration, it's it's incredible. And then you'll never be able to unsee it. Well, uh, you had the chance to play. You had the chance to play with against the two with the two greatest rugby league centre centre wing combinations in the Morris Twins. And you know, mm. back to my earlier comment, it should be illegal to criticise the mean, Morris Twins. You it's funny you mention the way um, that Daniel celebrates. I, I was just watching my son play on Saturday, and he this the first try that he scored on the day the people around me and myself, we all commented at the exact same time. He's run through, you know, five tackles, run about 40 metres or something. He puts the ball down, just turns and just walks back. Just absolutely zero. Like, yeah. He's like, why doesn't he celebrate yeah. at all? He doesn't even give a fist pump. <laughs> <laughs> Creepy. Well, yeah, your son is now called Tupu in my uh, nickname world. Congratulations. Uh, Mari, I think this one's for you. Who was the top try scorer for the 2018 NRL Premiership season? Daniel Tupo. Nah, it's probably Booney. It's Demi. David Fusatua, Valentine Holmes, or Robert Jennings. Both of your guesses aren't on the uh, multiple choice. Jeez. Uh, Val did have a good year, but I don't think so. What wasn't Jennings? Who was the other? The Fuss. I'll say the Fuss. Yeah, it was David Fusatua. You both get one more question. Each. I have no idea what the score is. I'm sure he's uh, nah, rugby league. Who set mate. a record? <laughs> Who set a record as the first player to kick a hundred goals in a season while playing for the Newtown Blue Bags in 1947? <laughs> uh, uh, Anthony Griffith. That's where his uh, mindset has been and his politics. So. <laughs> It was Sid Goodwin, Tom Nevin, or Tom Kirk? Uh, I'll, look, I'll, I'll go Nevin. There you go. Oh, damn it. If you'd taken Sid Goodwin, I would have given you half a point just because of the great name, but it was Tom Kirk. And last one for you, right. Media Watch. In 2017, Cameron Cullen joined the Seagulls from which team? Gold Coast. No, fuck, fuck, Warriors. Warriors. Oh. Okay, well, it was either the Melbourne Storm, the Gold Coast Titans, or the South Queensland random team again. Oh, fuck, Gold Coast then. Yeah, but you only get one point. Yeah, God damn um, it. For the steal, <laughs> for the steal, there's just a random steal cut here. How many, you can both answer. How many, this is for the win, actually. Next, next point wins. How many St. George Illawarra players played all 24 of their games in 2019? First answer wins. Two. Well, I just said first answer wins. I didn't say first right answer. So, Mario, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> congratulations, you win with two, although the answer was one, and it was you and Aiken who had a perfect attendance. Yeah, he'd been well, never learned to pass the whole time. So, uh, all really defensive play. So, uh, that was helpful. Well, you and Aiken couldn't pass, but we can pass. It's time to pass this game for this podcast episode on to the gods of rugby league so that they can house it wherever they put it. Uh, Mario, would you like to do a quick sign-off? I'd just like to point out, we've mentioned every single rugby league podcast that I listened to today, except for the Screaming Eagles, so shout-out to Ben and Billy. Yeah, and I'm one of the uh, the Magnificent Seven too, so I'm glad that you brought them up. Uh, Giannis, you got a sign-off? Mate, I, I, I think it's, it's been a pleasure to work with uh, with podcasting royalty such as yourself, but I'll also match <laughs> add... Jack Clifton from the Big Red, after the Red Red Podcast, uh, and um, 
and, and uh, Johnny there. So uh, Johnny Pet.